Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. We are live, 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 live. How's it going, Cornell? I'm doing good. How good, about you? Good. I'm doing well. I am your host, Mister Mister Winner of the Day, Matt. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm a little on one today, so just uh, I got a big victory in in my my football world, and I can't talk too much about it because I know my wife is listening. So it was a great game. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> co-host Cornell, man, this is uh, this is always a great time of year. There's a lot of always a lot of good stuff going on, and and uh, you were just telling me about something that uh, I got got me a little excited because uh, I I just bought a bunch of chocolate chips to make chocolate chip cookies, but you made chocolate chip cookies. Talk about that. Tell let's tell the world what you did because that was pretty fantastic. So. I'm like two weeks out from competition and yep. yesterday I was just like, I really want, I want something that we don't have, but I can probably make it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I found the chocolate chips and I was, there's, it's funny. There's a recipe on all of the chocolate chip boxes or bags. Yep. So I just followed that recipe and very simple, but I was like, all right, but, but this isn't enough. Uh, my wife knows that I'm one of those people who I can't just make something and leave it as it is. Like I right. always have to put my own little spin on it. So when I was going through the pantry, I saw a half open bag of sweetened coconut shavings. Mm-hmm. So I made all the, the, the cookies and then I rolled them around in coconut and then I dropped it on the, the pan and then it kind of gave it this nice extra textured like crunch to it. But not, I'm not a fan of like, nuts in your cookies um, yeah i don't i don't like nuts in my cookies <laughs> i don't know if i like nuts in anything but i'll go with you <laughs> uh but it was it just gave it like this extra little crunch not like uh i mean like you know what i'm talking about like it was toasted yeah. it yeah. didn't have a big flavor of coconut but it was just enough and then we have one of those thrifty ice cream scoopers mm-hmm. and we generally buy our vanilla ice cream <laughs> from smart and final that's the thrifty like five gallon bucket right right and i had seven cookies and four of them had (laughs) ice cream between them (laughs) i love that dude that's uh that's perfect because um dude okay so the coconuts are really good a really good hit because nobody i don't care who you are but like the, the the shredded coconut never tastes like coconut <laughs> to yeah. me. I mean, you're like, you got to eat handfuls of it to actually get the coconut out of there. Um, so I thought that was a good, uh, good move to actually bring some crunch without adjusting the flavor. Now, um, what, so do you have like a, I mean, I guess I don't want to say secret, but is there a, something you do with your chocolate chip cookies? That's like, that makes them your chocolate chip cookies, or is it just like kind of grab a recipe and go? Uh, I was told original, or I was told a couple years ago that don't use a machine, like mix yeah. it all by hand yeah. for some reason. It turned one. out much better. Yep. So I've pretty much always done that. 
if there's anything else I can throw in there, I will. I found some like Werther's original caramels, so I cut some of those up and plopped those onto a couple of them. My wife said that it was amazing right out of nice. the oven, but one of the ones she had today, she said it was just too too hard. Hmm. <laughs> um, so then there's yeah. another couple of recipes that I've done before. Uh, some old paleo ones when back when everyone was doing paleo and it was <laughs> almond like almond flour bacon bacon grease like they were freaking awesome yeah no that i mean bacon grease sounds actually really <laughs> darn good <laughs> like, um so my i think there's two things i always do with my cookies and one of them is i always take uh whatever the recipe calls for butter and I cut it in half and I do half butter, half Crisco that okay. allows the cookie to stay a little thicker and crunchier on the outside. And then I hit them with a ton of like sea salt, uh, before I'm cooking them, like right okay. as I'm putting them in the oven, drop sea salt on the top. And I'm, I mean, salt is an, it's an, an enhancing, uh, thing. And so it just makes the chocolate even more rich. So sure. that's, I like that move. Uh, you know, you get, the 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 bacon grease man i that that's gonna i'm gonna have to try this because i'll find that recipe because you could probably mess with it and make it like make it your own yeah uh, let me see if i so i for my old personal instagram let me oh it's still there okay if you go to cornell underscore george okay Graham, there is in my website <laughs> I just have the the recipe there because that was a place that I knew that I wouldn't lose it. Nice paleo chocolate chip cookies, and they were like the best chocolate. They don't look good; they tasted amazing. (laughs) Hey, they're chocolate chip cookies. They don't need to look good. I'm sorry. (laughs) So maybe they're a little healthier, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) They're chocolate chip cookies, man. Like we, we, yeah. I don't know. I'm not thinking about that. I'm usually eating like ten to twenty of them. Yeah, I and I think with the almond flour that does keep it a little bit moisture yeah. too. Yeah. I think you're right about that. I've heard about that type of stuff. I don't like to mess too much with the flowers when I'm baking, um, unless it's for a specific thing. Um, you know, it's just one of those flowers are so specific to a recipe with the amount of glutens and how, you know, the type of flour it is. So eh, I kind of leave that alone. Um, you know, I was on the, uh, the polo, uh, over the week. I, you know, you all know, I've kind of been like, pushing through some like three week cold. And I was talking to you guys about that thing called the medicine ball that I got at uh, Starbucks. Yes. I and I want to get sick just to go. Order. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I'm sitting home, you know, I'm home today and just got done making dinner. And, you know, usually when, when we make dinner, like if I cook, she cleans or if she cook, cooks, I clean type thing. Cool. Uh, so she's cleaning and I look in there and I'm like, what is she doing in there? And, Alana found a way to recreate this at home. And so I'm going to post that recipe and it's basically, uh, it's mint, um, this like lemonade and honey and hot water. It is phenomenal. (laughs) I I can't get enough of it. So I'll post that recipe, but so you guys can try it. Um, it's man, I'm telling you, man, it clears my throat right up, but it's a good one. Cool. Anyways, uh, let's get on to some weightlifting talk before we really talk about our things. Well, you're two weeks out, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So how, where you at? How'd you feel? How you feeling? Feeling good? You, you ready? So I had Friday was one of those weird days where it was a packed house. It was social Friday. There were 
multiple people on every platform. Uh, I wasn't feeling great, but I wasn't feeling terrible. And then kind of looking back at it, I mean, just when the session was over, I was like, that was a pretty good session. But going through the session, it was a handful of misses in the in the snatch. I mean, right. I had seven misses, but I'm not a fan of missing more than one or two times. But three or four of them were at like a PR snatch. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I didn't miss anything up to the percentage I was supposed to hit. And then I was supposed to have two additional sets after that. Um, plus I was supposed to hit that one twice. I only hit it once. Yeah. Uh, but then looking back, I ended up totaling, uh, like three ten, and I forgot my belt and I, <laughs> so I didn't have a belt for clean and jerks and I just ended up not wrapping my knees either. Yeah. So I just, it was, it was a very like raw lifting session, but I mean, I attempted 153, I think three times in the snatch, but I was so exhausted when it came to the clean jerks that I went to my buddy Kirby and he was pushing for a 145 clean jerk. So I just, I said to him, I need to be motivated. You need to be motivated. I have to beat you by over 20 kilos. So if you hit that 45, I have to have hit 66. Yeah. Um, and I just did that so that I wouldn't just work up to like 150, 155, somewhere in that range, maybe 160, and just move on and be happy with that. Hmm. And then it also motivated him. Uh, the bummer was he didn't make it. He didn't make it past like 135. But I mean, his best is like 140, 140, 143, somewhere in that range. Nice. So he still did good. But then just looking back at the session, I'm like, I totaled 310. Yeah. Uh, I can't a, be, I can't complain about that. No, that's a, that's a good total. That's great. And you did it within, you know, all the, the commotion of, of social Friday. It's funny because I'm the one, I don't mean, I maybe not one. I know. I think there's a handful of remote lifters um, on that team. And when I saw that, I, I, I messaged her. I was like, can I bring a friend to my gym? <laughs> <laughs> she thought that was funny, but I was like, it was just like, Dang it! I'm missing out on the like because those are fun, right? Those are those yeah. are fun, um, but it also was a good segue into something we were going to talk about, which is kind of like the global gym versus garage, but also how we approach uh, lifting this time of year. December's a little challenging. January is very challenging <laughs> in 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 a in a public gym setting. Sure, like. For me, it's it, busy. It gets busy. You have to be specific about your time that you go. It's just, but Cornell said something at the very beginning, and maybe you can elaborate this, but like you just got to tune it out. You know, there you're there to train and that's it. Just tune it out. Yeah. So uh Stephanie was a little bit in her head, and I just ended up coming up to her and I said, It's crazy in here. You need to learn how to turn this off. Yeah. Like you you know what you're doing you need to learn how i didn't say i'm exact i'm ex i'm speaking more now than what i said to her but (laughs) i just i just i said to her turn everybody else off Mm -hmm. like turn that off everything else is going good if you can turn that off you'll be fine yeah and she's getting ready for al finals next weekend and uh, I talked to another guy, Josh, uh, one of the coaches, and he said, this is why I like to train after everyone leaves. And I was like, yeah, that in my brain, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But 
competition day, it's like this. It's a madhouse. You're potentially sharing a platform. You're looking for weights. Uh, Potentially old coaches are stealing weights from your platform and running away with them. (laughs) Swear I've never heard of that (laughs) happening before. (laughs) Um, You have to be able to tune that stuff out and just focus on yourself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. One of the things that I am very adamant about is if I'm coaching you, you are not wearing earbuds. I do not allow people that I am one-on-one coaching in competition to wear earbuds because they have to be present in what's going on there. Uh, Interesting. But what what I do totally recommend to people is you are legally, as far as I know, because I've done it, you are allowed to compete on the platform with earplugs. Interesting. So I, I got a $30 pair of earplugs that are a really nice set, and they basically make everyone else seem like they're 100 feet away. That's that's an interesting idea, and I like it. because I And I it's funny you bring that up because I saw – it might have been Stephanie, but it was a video um, of somebody lifting with earbuds on the platform. And uh, for me, like I have always have a hard time with the earbuds staying in my ear. And so I would all, I think I would be more focused and worried about that thing popping out. And I don't know if that thing does pop out. Does it, does it count as a no lift? Um, like, you know, there's all kinds of things that I would be like, Oh God, I can't do this. But I know when I walk onto that platform, I, I'm pretty good about like just tuning everything out and finding my spot and going. Yeah. Um, but I, man, that would be interesting. It would be an interesting experiment to see. Cause it was just like on Friday, you know, like I was getting ready to, I was lifting a little heavier than normal and I'm pumping the music louder, you know, bringing some energy, but, and so like, could I re could you recreate that at a competition, like on the platform where you have music that like, you know, get you going a little bit. Cause we all know that, you know, the music does, it does enhance a little bit and it does help your performance a little bit. It, it, it motivates, it hits some chemicals in your brain. And I'm, I am not at all uh, a scientist here. I'm just regurgitating what I've heard, but like, wow. I mean, so you've done that before. I've done earplugs. I have okay. never, I don't, I don't know if you can legally, I mean, I mean national stuff is definitely going to be different than local stuff, but I have never seen someone they'll wear their earbuds until they're walking out onto the platform after they've chalked up and they take them out of their ears and they pass them to the coach. Okay. I have done stuff where I've in competition where during my warmups, I'm doing that Mm -hmm. and I've got music in. Right. Um, But uh, I also, my cards are run very different than a lot of people. I am very independent when it comes uh oh, and I, I don't want to talk to my coach. I don't want to talk to anybody. Okay, it's freezing. Uh, what was that? Uh, I said the, my camera's freezing a little bit. Sorry, okay. I missed what you said. That's cool. Um, my coach has access, like, to my my password to get onto my phone, and we just make sure that my timer has a countdown timer and that we're on track. I don't want to. I don't want them to be telling me like, Oh, you, you need to take this. You need to stay warm. It's like, as long as I know, I look at my, my clock and I got, I like to have a 20 to 30 minute countdown going. And then I can keep track of my own attempts until that point. Yeah. So, yeah, that it's, it's an interesting thing because I think my, 
Uh, I've done this once, but I, I always kind of forget. And I tried to do it the last comp where I'm, I'm like, I put music on when I sit down and then when it's my turn to go, it's usually like a hand signal and I take the music off and get up there and I go and I, but it just seems like there's so many times when you're in such a good rotation, it's like it breaks your rotation to put your headphones on and, and then find the song you want. By that time you're like, shit, I got to get up there and lift. And yeah. It, to me, it, it just kind of, it felt like a distraction the last time I did it. And so, um, I like, I like the idea and I like what you said about, you know, the people you coach, you're like, no, you're not wearing an earbud while you lift. Um, yeah. are you cool with them putting on like an earbud when they sit down or is it just like you want them to be fully immersed in what's going on? I don't want to have to do anything to get your attention. Okay. And some of the people I'm thinking specifically of, uh, Diane, she <laughs> lost, she lost two warmups because she, oh, I was shit. about 25 feet away at the table and I was trying to get her attention and she was sitting there with her eyes shut and her noise canceling earbuds in. Mm-hmm. And then I, by the time I was able to get over there, I ran up and I said, you're up. And she goes, no, I have two more warmups left. And I said, no, you lost those warmups by not paying attention, not being present here. Oh, and I straight up told her, I said, I will never do this again. You will not wear earbuds. And she's like, yeah. no, I need to check out. And I said, no, you need to be present with what's going on here. Yeah. This is what's important. Yeah. Not falling, like trying to get away into La La Land. Yeah, that's cr- wow. I couldn't imagine. I would, that would probably stump me a little bit of like, oh, I lost my warm ups. Great. Here we go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Eric's on here saying, on the chat board saying shot caller. Uh, <laughs> that's one way to do it for sure. Um, you know, I, I think there's enough distraction at a, at a meet that you just don't need to add another. And that's just kind sure. of where I'm at with that. Like, we were, I, I personally don't even like to wear earbuds in the gym. Yeah. Same. I feel like if, if you're going to be in the gym with your friends in a in person style place, be present there. Yeah. The, the relationships with them, the conversations that are had sitting on the bench waiting or rotating in and out. I think that those are really important. Uh, I would say if you're in a Globo gym or something like that, or if you're in a CrossFit gym, there's a lot of, there's a workout going on and their music's cranking and people are yelling, then that's probably a different situation. Right. Um, But I would just say that like so much of the sport is relationships and your team, even though they're not necessarily out there on the platform with you, but knowing like those relationships I think are very important and that's the best time to like build those relationships. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I, and I also think there's a, there's a time uh, how do I put this? Like, you know, we want to take it seriously all the time, but like social Friday, let's like, let's just go have fun. You know, let's bring, let's, let's feed off the energy. Let's have a good time. Mate. You know, for me, it's like, let's get out there and, and hit some big numbers. I'm not going to put a number on it that I need to hit. Um, I'm not going to be like, I have to hit 140 in the clean jerk or else I suck. Cause that ain't the truth. Um, but I'm going to go out there and have fun and be smiling and, you know, hanging out with the friends and, you know, talking a little smack or whatever. But uh, I, uh, I I just think that, you know, f- read the room, I guess. You know, no, yeah. you know, stay on to your program and make it work. But like the, we're all, I mean, especially in a weightlifting gym uh, that's very specific to a weightlifting gym, I think that's easier to do. Yeah. Now, when you're in a Globo gym, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, and you got, you know, s- 
some you know, like three girls sitting over here wearing, you know, minus two clothing and like, you know, deadlifting in front of you and you're trying to like focus and you're new in weightlifting and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> this has never <laughs> happened to me, by the way. Um, <laughs> like, how do you block that out? You just figure out a way or you ask them to move. Um, but I do, I do like, and I, I appreciate the commercial and Globo gym. Um, for two reasons. First of all, first reason is I can't get all that equipment in my gym or in my garage. So, yeah. And I, I, I like to do with some accessories. Like there are accessories I like to do. I like to warm up with the, uh, uh, with the uh, assault bike. Like uh, I think I might've told this on the polo, but like Damon and I went to Rose city on Monday and they had a whole new system, but we walked in and one of the other weightlifters there's Isaac. He was like, man, this place doubled in, in like a week, the membership just doubled <laughs> and you could tell it was packed in there. Wow. And, um, you know, it was like one of those situations where there was a lot of good energy, but Damon and I had to wait 30 minutes for a platform. And <laughs> it's like, we're looking at each other like, well, what do we do? guess we should like <laughs> stretch and warm up. <laughs> So we're like, we're like, okay, I'll go, I'll get on the assault bike. We'll do one minute each. I'll go one minute. You go one minute. And like, we're stretching and we get to the platform and it's like, we were in a foreign world. Like <laughs> They're like, <laughs> what is happening? Why is our body feeling like this? It took a little time to acclimate to the, to the platform. But I thought that was funny because like, it just, I, I was, I've been so out of the commercial gym and the, the, those bigger gyms where this time of year, this always happens. And I just, you just got to remember, like, it, first of all, there's an ending to this and it's called February <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, it, so it doesn't last forever. And second of all, like, you know, share spaces with other people, like you're not going to get, maybe get along with them all, but like learn how to share space. Yeah. There was a, a guy, I don't know his name and I'm glad that I'm not going to put his name out there, but he recently did a like a reaction video of him weightlifting in a globo gym and he oh, had his yes. camera set up and there was, oh, yes. he pretty much zoomed in on everyone else's faces when he was dropping his weights <laughs> and how they were like terrified or shocked or like all this kind of stuff. And then he was basically talking all this smack on these people for like being like scared of his weights and being shooken by him and that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I don't know. My, my thoughts are, if you're doing weightlifting in a globo gym, you're not on home territory. You're right. not in a place. You're, you're being, you're, you're lucky that you have a place to go do this. That's not in a typical weightlifting or CrossFit gym. You're so, and I think that, that yeah. you have to be on everybody else's like you're at their home. You're at yeah. their place where they go and they do their thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not out there. <laughs> I'm just thinking about stuff like there's a 24 hour fitness pretty close to my house that I've been to a couple years ago and they have a couple platforms and they have this big area where there's just nothing. And like people can go do burpees or do whatever they want out there. Deadlift. They don't have to be on a platform. Right. But <clears throat> you don't see anyone out there like dribbling a basketball or like playing <laughs> catch with a football right. and then getting mad when people are like, distracted by you and what we're doing is a sport it's not necessarily just 
going to the gym and moving weight. Yeah. It seems like there's this mentality that like we're weightlifters, we own the gym and that ain't the truth, you know? And I just said it like, share your space, share the gym. There's nothing we're doing that's more important than anybody else out there. And if it is, then you're in the wrong gym, you know, yeah. go, go train somewhere else that, um, that, that, that you need that kind of like solitude or what, or whatever it, whatever he was looking for or making fun of people are going to look at it weird. I, I mean, I, I, there's a whole side of my life, like with the people I work with that still the people don't under, these people have worked with me forever. They don't understand what I do. They don't <laughs> understand what weightlifting is and that's fine. I'm not here to sit there and, and educate everybody about every little detail, but um, the dropping of the weights is something that is kind of like joked about and it's, it's cool. I, you know, whatever. I, I don't care. I kind of go wrong with it, but like people just don't understand it and that's okay. They're not, we don't have to be understood. We're just out there. We got to share the space and get a lift in and then go, go about our day. That, that's kind of yeah. like, you know, stop worrying about what people think about you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, so I, I guess, <laughs> Enough said on that. You know, last time we, uh, last show, uh, also our first live show, which was phenomenal. People loved it. Um, got a lot of good feedback from it. Um, last time we talked, we were starting to talk about programming. And you had mentioned something about two-a-days. Mm -hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about two-a-days because I, I personally will never do two-a-days <laughs> unless I absolutely have to. Um, but... I think there's people out there that, that do want to do it and, and uh, want to understand it. Okay. Well, you froze for a second, but I think I got what you were talking about. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the freezing, but I'll have to get back. <laughs> That's on that cool. One. Yeah. Okay. So two-a-days are one of those things where oftentimes people, they, they either brag about, oh, I, I, I train twice a day or I do this or I do that. Um, it's not necessarily something that – is something to brag about. If you have right. the time to do it, great. If you're at the age where you can do it, great. Uh, but then there's another part of it where it's like, can you recover from it? Can you do this? Can you do that? Are you not making progress with a one a day? So like if, if you're already training five, six days a week, uh, two, three hour sessions, not making progress anymore, then okay, maybe... Maybe you do need a two a day, yeah. but the, I'd say the majority of us are not there. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing someone explain how to turn a, a single day session into a two a day where you, it's very easy to recover from and it's going to take, it's not going to take as much time and that kind of a thing. And I think that this is also something where I don't know if we have that many college students who are listening to this, who are, out at school and coming back home and, or just people in general, Christmas and new year's, like they might have some time off work and might want to actually get like a two a day session in. Right. And so the easiest way to do it, I brought up an old, that's, I, I brought up some old program, but all this stuff is just like max out, max out, max out, <laughs> max out. I have a so feeling I, I know, know what program you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if this stuff is going to work, but here we go. I went back 2018. Let me see if I can. So <clears throat> I listened to a podcast with, I think, Zach Talender at one point. Okay. He did one. 
maybe with Max Ada a long time ago. And they were explaining how to turn a one a day program into a two a day and not overdoing it. And it's pretty much you take what, let's say you've got uh, five sets of doubles in the snatch at 80%. Right. So that's like the first warm up or the, okay. the first exercise. Yeah. Well, you're going to do three. You're not going to do all five. Okay. And then when you come back in the afternoon, you're going to do three again. Okay. So you're only doing one additional than half. Right. But you're also going to be getting all those warm-ups, all the stretches in. So you're going to get double the warm-up in. And you're not necessarily really getting fatigued on your warm-up. Hmm. And then let's say you've got uh, five clean and jerks at 80% or 85% or something like that. Yeah. Um, at Then you would hit three. Or you could do two and then you could do three in the afternoon or you could you could you can split it up however you want. But you the the biggest key with it to get the most out of it is all of those additional warm ups. And the like if you think about it, I do 15 to 20 snatches with 50 kilos. So if I'm going to be doing that twice a day, that's not going to make me more tired and exhausted and break me down. But that's going to definitely help tweak or not tweak but perfect the technique because that's where i'm moving really well without any interference of weight okay Um, i got a question before you move on Mm -hmm. so my question is on that one when you're when you're saying you're basically breaking it up into two days or into two times a day and you're doing three sets you're talking about your working sets so your top three or top two top three sets Yep. You're taking that and you're moving, you're doing it twice in the day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your warm up is still the same. So you're still working from bar to 80% yep. every time. Perfect. Okay. I just want to make sure I, I was following you on that because it makes total sense. I mean, why wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. But keep, keep on going. <clears throat> and then it, let's say you've got like a, a whole long list of like percentages you're supposed to hit. Yeah. Um, you can always work up to like the halfway point and then do the other half after that. And then let's say there were doubles first. So you can just work up in singles or you can kind of play with it. I think it's real important for people to take control of their own program, even if they don't write it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did listen to another show the other day. I don't know if we talked about it on this or just on Marco Polo, but uh, the reason that what they were saying is a lot of these people the reason that they are so stuck to not going off program Mm -hmm. is because they feel that if they change something, they're taking responsibility for their program, not working. So if, if they 100% stick to the program and they don't get their PR at the end of the six weeks or eight weeks or however long that cycle is, then they can kind of blame it and be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't PR in this cycle. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do this one again. I'm going to try something else or that kind of a thing. Um, But if, there's hmm. going to be days where you feel like crap and you're not moving well. Well, why should you be missing weights instead of just going down to weight, take control of your program like that? Yes. I love that. So, um, I tend to learn things the hard way. And I think that over the summer I learned, I mean, it's weird because I, I learned it a long time ago. Um, but I just, the, the, what I thought what I was doing was just doing what I wanted instead of doing what worked for me. But then, as of recently, I've, I've taken a lot of control and it was by based off of your advice. I think back in August, we had a show and we talked about it. Um, but it was just like, I was doing everything 
to the exact T of the way the program was written. And I'm coming to learn that you, and I've never done that before. So I, I guess that maybe I had to do it to figure out that like, that's just not how it works, you know, do the programming, but you know, take control of how you do it. And, you know, maybe if you have the opportunity to go a little heavy after your, you know, your snatch attempts, do it. You mm -hmm. know, if you, if you have the time to go heavy on clean and jerks, do it. If you can throw in some more squats, do it. Like it ain't going to hurt you. Um, just as long as you're not like, you know, maxing out every day. Right, yeah. Damon? <laughs> Damon says, so you don't max out twice a day? <laughs> like, what if your program is max out? Do you only max out? <laughs> How do you split that up? Well, let's see. I guess you're maxing out double days and have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no, I think um, the, the two-a-day conversation is a, is a really good conversation for the fact that, like, there's a lot of people out there that act like it needs to be done, but like in football, we did two a days. Um, in, and I was under the age of 21. So like made sense. I, I sure. you know, you, you hear about pros all the time, like, you know, only the rookies go to, you know, the two a days and only, you know, there's a reason for that because you're, you're getting acclimated to the sport. You know, you gotta, you gotta maximize your time, but at, at, at an age, of which you're a master's lifter or even above 30, I think like you got to be really specific about how you lift and, and when you lift and how much, um, how much you're putting on your body. And obviously um, it's the whole recovery talk again. So just be, just be very uh, aware of yourself. And I think that that's the first step is being aware of yourself, knowing your body. And I, I know we talk about that a lot, but yeah, I think one of the other parts that I'll quick point out also is, if some of my best lifting days that I've ever done were on two a day days, but they weren't programmed to be two a day days. They were, I went in, I remember one day specifically, I went up to Pacifico and I was lifting with some friends up there. That's, and nobody needs to whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I stuck uh, to the program. It was pretty light. I think it was like 80% power doubles yeah and so i just i stuck to everything to the to the t but then i knew that i was going back down to the strength tank after that and that was the day where i had about two two and a half hours from when i finished to when i started my next session so i'm working up to 80 percent of my power which isn't that much weight in reality for what my body is used to like recovering from mm -hmm. and then i walked in and i was already like my mobility, I hadn't tightened up yet. My, like everything was feeling good. And then I ended up hitting like a PR snatch that day. Yeah. And I, it's very common for me to want to lift very light in the morning session. If it's possible on the day I compete, I'll hit like 10 minute EMOM at 70 kilos in the snatch like that. That's not really a, a workout, but it's something where my body's getting ready for what is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That no. and that I think again, it's situational. It's all time and time and place on when we're doing stuff and how we're doing it. And <laughs> the chat board's funny right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I, I just just like I said before, be aware. Be aware of your body. Understand. Stop. Don't don't uh, fall victim to the uh, everything you hear out there, including us. Right. 
mean, you know, take what we're saying as a grain of salt, but also apply what, what needs to be applied because we're just, uh, you know, two old dudes out here talking about what we do and <laughs> what we love to do. So, um, have fun with it. Yeah. I would say one, one last thing on this little topic. Yeah. I would say I know more people who they would do better if they cut back on how much they're training a week mm-hmm. than added it in. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to have all of what coaches try to hype up that how much you need to work out. You don't need to lift five, six days a week. You don't need to do all that. Cause a lot of the people who are doing all that, they don't have time to do the extra stuff, what it takes to recover. They don't have time to take the walks. They don't have time to stretch. They don't have, they're not getting the, the amount of sleep that they realistically should be getting to recover. They're eating crap food. They're, I think that if you pulled back an extra day, uh, you would probably do better. I think they said Olivia Reeves, she, she trained, (laughs) Yeah, I was she, like, like, like for, I was looking up. I was like, "What's her last name?" <laughs> uh, she she's like twenty one years old. She just changed to a four day a week program. She was a three day a week lifter. Yeah, yeah, and isn't that crazy? Probably going to the Olympics. It, it just <laughs> it, and is an absolute monster on the platform. Like, I, I can't even. I mean. I don't know. I felt like it was just a year ago that I, I first like stumbled upon her and she's just killing it, man. I think I'd heard today on another podcast that she like did a double of 140 and the clean and jerk. And <laughs> just, like, just don't I don't know. It. When I watched her back squat, like 200 kilos, I think for a double with no belt, no knee wraps. I was like, yeah. What? <laughs> What's happening here? Oh man. Yeah, no, but I was gonna bring that up because she is, I guess, now famous because it's probably come on a couple different podcasts that I've heard about saying she only lifts and she always only has lifted three days a week. And I'm just like, how does that how is that possible? I don't know. People's genetics are a little bit different. People can do stuff, and she's young. So, you know, yeah. put, put you and me at the age 20, maybe we would do better. Maybe we would do worse. Who knows? I like where I'm at right now. And that, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not a pro lifter. So yeah, yeah. I think that people just need to know that working smarter is always going to outwork working harder. Yeah. But don't, I, like, you yeah. don't want to overthink that. Like, mm-hmm. but I think that overthinking it wouldn't be smart. So you have to figure out if your coach knows what they're doing and they know how to program it in a way that you don't have to, if they're just saying work hard, work hard, hardest worker in the gym wins. It's like, that's not necessarily true. So, (laughs) well, you know, we have a saying in, uh, in the culinary world that was really tattooed into my brain. Um, but it's, it's, uh, keep your head down, work clean and then work harder or work smarter, not harder. And, it, 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 to me, all that means is just focus on yourself. Stop worrying about everybody else. Keep your platform clean, keep organized and work smarter. You just, yeah. you know, change your plates at the right time, you know, recover well, uh, eat well, um, training partners, go to global gyms, do everything that we talk about on this gym, on this podcast and, and not do everything. <laughs> Sorry. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us. <laughs> Sorry. I told you I was in a crazy mood today. So, um, I'm getting a little bit outside of my own personality, but, um, yeah, no, like do these things, try them. And if they work great, if they don't even better, because at least you tried. Uh, and I, I think there's something to that, 
the work smarter, not harder is just always going to be your best bet. It's efficient. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I've, I've been lifting now for 10 years. I've probably been listening to weightlifting podcasts for nine. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. So I, I don't know where I heard some of this stuff, but I remembered hearing someone talk about like, learn how to breathe properly, learn how to breathe in a way to, to slow your heart rate down. Because when yeah. you just hit a really big lift, your heart potentially is going to be racing and you need to get it to slow down. But then at the same time, learn how to speed up your heart rate because there are certain times that you're going to need to like kind of get the blood flowing a little bit more for the adrenaline. Yep. So I, I listened to and read a bunch of stuff about that years ago. Mm. And like I can, I can slow my heart rate down pretty quickly uh, when I need to. Like when I just feel it going and it's the anxiety is starting to get going. Like I can just, I can sit there, close my eyes. It's, there's just ways you can learn to do it. And I think that's, that's that whole smart, not hard thing. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Huberman, I think his name is, he has the technique that I've, I see cycling through Instagram and all that, but it's, it's, you take a deep breath until you're like, you feel like your lungs are expanded. You hold it, count to two, and then you try to suck in more air. Okay. And then you let it all out nice and slow. It's like a Navy SEAL thing, apparently. Um, okay. But that um, works really well. Um, it works really well on my daughter's anxiety, um, but also something that works even better with her. And I've heard this about kids. And so I don't know if you could transfer it to the weight room, which is like when you are uh, overwhelmed and there's anxiety and there's something you just can't snap out of it. You know, as a coach, you walk up to the person, you're like, hey, what color is my shirt? Hi, how many numbers am I holding up? You know, what, what day is it? And you try to get their mind to snap back into it. It works okay. beautifully with my kids. I, like <laughs> I don't that. know if it works with weightlifters, but well, that, that would be something that a coach could do to get right. someone out of but their just mind. Snap, like we were snap right earlier. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I mean, we could go for a long time on the, uh, the anxiety <laughs> aspect. I have too much, uh, too much experience with that, but we are just about time 41 minutes, man, this has been a great show because I walked into it with like three things. And I think we talked about five before we even hit those three things. <laughs> nice. So yeah. Uh, chat board came up. Uh, uh, thank you everybody for checking it out. Love the, I mean, the live show is where it's at. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Um, we got, got Theo, Eric, yeah, yeah, someone named Alan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could just call her Linda. <laughs> Damon. Yes. Yeah. 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 I can hear them laugh. They're watching this in the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cornell, you got anything, uh, any last words of, of wisdom? <laughs> cool nope. okay. awesome. i'm like what do i what do i say? Yeah, i don't know all right everybody have a great night thanks for listening adios